Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca Lee Robertson, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers about, well, how the fuck they got so confident. In this episode, I talk to actress, writer, comedian, and improviser Betsy Sidaro. We talk about setting boundaries for your own thoughts, eliminating the word should from your vocabulary, the importance of having role models, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Betsy Sidaro. Hi, Betsy. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Are you holding up in quarantine? I am, surprisingly. It feels like um, the weeks are, like, cruising pretty good. Yeah. How are you? you know? Are you staying busy or what, how are you occupying your days? I'm trying to. Lots of podcasting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, which has been nice. I'm just like, Mono and I just being like, let's just record an episode tonight. Like, we might as well. Yep, exactly. So and it's yours, great. and are you doing other people's too? Or mostly yeah, yeah, yours? Yeah. Okay, everybody's, yeah. 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 It's so interesting. It's, it's interesting to see, like, uh, comedians who are usually doing live shows every night now being like, well, how can I continue to, like, do what I do and – remain sane and happy and then it's like okay well I'm glad podcasts are around that allow everybody to do it you know it's been gigantically helpful how are you doing how are you um how are you spending your time like what um it's so someday you know some days are better than others and I'm just trying to like accept that like not all days I'm gonna feel happy yeah and that's That's been a big thing like yeah, not all days I'm going to feel happy and I'm there's going to be some days where I don't do anything and that's okay mm-hmm. too, Yeah, you know? and all of it's okay. So like some yeah. days I rented like a cycling bike from um, a cycling studio. Oh yeah, yes. I think Casey was telling me about Yeah, Casey, we were FaceTiming yeah. and you guys got it. That is so fucking rad. Yeah. It's, Are you enjoying it? I really do. And I never cycled before this, like maybe like one time, but it wasn't like something I liked doing. But now I just am like, I need something. I need to sweat. And yes. I do Pilates, but I don't always work up a huge sweat that way. And so having the bike here and it's like, you know, a relatively affordable weekly rate and they brought it to us. They come and pick it up, like no extra delivery fees or anything. It's kind of nice to just like- That's so rad. Yeah, to just like watch like garbage reality shows and like be on the bike. I like, I kind of, I want to get a bike. Yeah. I kind of want to get a Peloton, but I don't want to do the class. I don't want somebody screaming at me. I want to do exactly that of like, Mm -hmm. I want to watch- below deck Mediterranean mm-hmm. and just fucking move my legs while mm-hmm. I do it. That's exactly what I've been doing with like Love Island UK. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this with me. Um, I guess my first question is, do you consider yourself a confident person? Yeah, I think for the most part. I don't know if I've ever thought of the word confident. Yeah. But like I'm pretty content and happy with who you are who I am in my life and everything. I'm very happy, not pretty. I'm extremely happy with who I am and my life and my everything about it. Yeah. And have you always yeah. been that way? Like as a, as a kid, were you a confident kid or was there a time that you struggled with it? I was, I've 
I was very, I guess, confident. And once again, that thing where I was like, I like who I am. I don't give a shit. Um, up until middle school. This is so funny because the doing these interviews, it's so interesting to hear them. And that seems like the time. Everybody's like, I was confident. I loved it. And then middle school hit. And middle school fucking hit. And then I was like, oh, because I've always been um, uh, a person who just, I just fucking, what's the word? Traveled to a beat of a different, or like my own thing. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Always been one to just do my own thing and not give a shit mm-hmm. about and, and and as I say these big statements this is like 75 percent of the time right because right, there's 25 percent right. of the time I'm like please like me totally um uh but up in yeah so like in elementary school and everything I was just like having a ball doing my own thing and I had friends you know and then middle school fucking hits and I'm like, oh, I need to um, not be like that. I need to try to be something I'm absolutely not. And it fucking sucks. Why do you think that that change happened just to like fit in? Like were people not nice? Or is this something that you just like internally wanted to try? You know, I truly don't. I haven't really talked about it. I truly don't know what because like. I think sixth grade was fun because I was still just very much like me, whatever. Uh, And then it was like seventh and eighth grade where I started to just be like, oh, you you are considered the cool kids. I want to be a part of that. Where I was already friends with a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. but I really try. And I was like. In eighth grade was the worst. I turned into an asshole and I like lost friends because I was so just like, I'm a skateboarder now. And it's like, no, I'm not. Like, what am I thinking? Or like, I want to just like, I don't know, play. I want to be a jock rather than do theater where it's like, I can do both. I've been doing both forever. Mm-hmm. And it was a big thing in eighth, like at the end of eighth grade where I was like, I do not like who I am. I don't like my life right now. Um, it was a real, it was a tough year. And it was by the end, like that summer, I was like, I'm fucking done with trying to (laughs) not be myself. And so I remember like getting ready to go into high school, just being like, I'm going to just do my own thing. I don't, it's always worked for me before. Did anything happen to like uh, to trigger wanting to change or was it just like, okay, I'm going to a new school and I'm gonna go back to how I was? Or was there like a, an event that happened? I'm trying to think, I think there were just multiple events of like, I found myself like um, making fun of kids mm. more. Not necessarily, I mean, it could have been, it probably was bullying. Yeah. It was bullying probably. Yeah. Like, yeah, just like, and it was pure in my insecurity. Right. Lashing out, you right. know. And yeah, I was like making fun of kids more and just like ditching friends who I've been friends with for years to try to then be a cool kid. Even though, like I said, I was like friends with all right, of them. Right, right, <laughs> right. So I think that was it of just in like straight up just being like, oh, those people don't want to hang out with me anymore. I don't like this. Right. So I'm going to change. Yeah. 
And how did your family, now I don't know, are you an only child? No, I have three older sisters. Okay. And how did, how did that play into your confidence growing up, having three older siblings in your life? Or did like your parents instill a sense of confidence in you? Or like, what were some of the traits that they were like, okay, Betsy, this is what a good person, good, you know, quote unquote person should have. That's good. Yeah. Well, I've always, we've all, my, my whole family. And I just remember my mom and dad just pretty much saying this of like, um, pretty much what's the, oh my God, I'm like, I can't remember anything. (laughs) I think it's the golden rule of like others, how you want to be treated. And that's been a huge part of my life. And just because I was raised Catholic. Okay. But my parents are, they were cool, liberal. They are cool, liberal um, people. And so it was that thing where it's just like, treat everybody how you want to be treated. And like, every, like, everybody's allowed to do what they want to do. Like, um, no prejudice, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, and, and a lot of teaching of like, imagine taking a moment to imagine yourself in another person's position, putting yourself in their shoes. That was gigantic. Yeah. Were you like an independent kid being the youngest? I'm the youngest, but only, I only have one older sister. So you're the youngest of four. I'm the youngest of four, and um, it was a pretty, I was in a little accident. Oh. My mom says a surprise, but I was an accident. Like, where it's like me, my next sister's six years older, my next one's eight years older, and my oldest one's ten years older. So, um, like, Sally, my oldest sister, was gone to college when I was in like second grade, she was off to college. Right. Okay. And then, and then, and then my sisters were in like high school, but th- it was fun. Cause they were, they're all so different, but like we had specific things that we really like bonded it like together with. Yeah. And, and they, they are great people. So I had an awesome group to look up to of like, Oh, this is how you treat people. Oh, okay. Like it's, yeah, be yourself. Everyone, love everyone. Like, yeah. Did you spend a lot of time like on your own as a kid since your sisters were so much older? Like, was there, did it ever feel like you were an only child at some points? Yeah, for sure. Because my sister closest to me in age, she graduated when I was in sixth grade, I believe. So I had most of middle school, all of high school as pretty much an only child. Right. Summers and Christmas. Right. Did that affect your confidence in any way, being an only child? I will say being the youngest with such an age gap, like I got to, I got to do whatever I wanted. My parents, they're like, we've already done the hard. Yeah. We, you, and there was such a, uh, just a thing of like, you respect us, we will respect you. So I never wanted to make them upset, you know? And, and so I did like, I, and when I, my sisters were home, I was still, I was the youngest. So I got to once again, kind of do whatever. And I was always just like, make them laugh. Like my sisters, they would always put on these boots are made for walking. And I'd put on my dad's like huge cowboy boots and just, dance for them 
and their friends. So it was, I was definitely, yeah, I got to do whatever I wanted, yeah. which I think was huge with confidence. And my family from day one being like, you're funny. Haha, ha, you're fu-. like, yes, you're funny. So that's something that they um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't tell you not to be that way. They like right. instilled it in you. They were like, you're good at this thing. Do this thing. Yeah. They reinforced yeah. it. Sorry. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, they absolutely, constantly, because also my family, we we are a theater family. Like, my dad is a children's playwright, um, but we grew up doing, like, his plays at this fort in Wyoming called Fort Laramie, um, and we all, like, grew up doing theater, and so it was totally just like, yep, perform. Yeah. You're funny, do this, and even when I had, <laughs> when, because I would either really gel with a teacher or I would just be butting heads with it. Like it was bad. And I think it was because like the teachers that I really got along with, um, they treated me like my parents were. It's like, well, I'll respect you if you respect me and you're funny. Like I'll let you crack jokes in class. And not get mad where a lot of where the ones where I butt heads, they were constantly just like, What are you doing? Don't be like this. You stop being you pretty much. And I was like, What? Right. Fuck you. I'm gonna make your life a living hell. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because I think some people grow up with parents who are like that, you know, where it's like, yes. No, we're not gonna make a joke or whatever. We're not gonna do this. We're gonna study or we're gonna be serious people. Or, you know, yeah. different versions yep. of that where they might not, they might not necessarily like take their kids' individuality into thought. They're just like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is the box. You stay in the box. Yep. So I can see how that yeah. would be an issue with teachers, especially. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, both of my parents were teachers. So they had seen kids like, yeah. but they're also more of a like, yes be yourself, embrace who you are type people anyway. But, you know, I do remember they would sometimes like come home from the day and like be talking about students and be like, oh, they were making me laugh and I had to like punish them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny kids. And and yeah, and I think it is like they. my family's a very funny, fun family. So when, cause I remember my parents would go to parent teacher conferences and meet these teachers who were just like, Betsy's bad, Betsy's bad. And they would just kind of be like, huh? Okay. We'll tell her to chill out, but that's kind of just who she is. <laughs> like, And did you surround yourself with friends who would do the same thing then like reinforce you being you? Yeah. I, yes, absolutely. Friend, friends and classmates because it was like I would just make everybody laugh and yeah. whether I meant to or not I used to it, it was a more of a I like elementary school I was on you know yeah. I was constantly like I'm gonna fucking make you laugh. and then kind of chilled out in high school but still made every you know kind of accidentally would do something and people were just like yeah yeah I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember growing up and this can be you know being a kid or high school or college or whatever where you had like a moment of failure or self-doubt where you were like maybe not so confident and if you did like how did that affect you well I think like 
like I said, eighth grade was huge. That was a big one. Where and it, it was such a time where I, oh here this is gigantic. Was puberty fucked me up for years because I and I'm still very much like I don't want to grow up, mm-hmm. and I still don't want to grow up. <laughs> And I was a a big, believe it or not, tomboy. Um, And so when, like, I started getting boobs and my period and stuff, I was just like, I don't know. This is not who I want to be. Right. I don't want to be a grown-up woman. Yeah. And that, and I think that's where a lot of, like, Everything went downhill because I was like, oh, my God, my body's changing to be something I never even imagined it to be. How did you come to, like, accepting that? Like, like accepting those changes? It took a long, long time. It took a couple of years to, like, because it was for a while, anytime I'd get my period, I would just cry the whole time. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, this is so gross. Yeah. And this is such a, like, woman thing. Ew, I can't handle it. Um, But it, I think it was then, like, around my junior year of high school is when I started to kind of get okay with, like, cool, I have big pits now. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. I like now how I look. And a big part of that was, like, acting and stuff oh, and wow. seeing seeing com- like with comedians um women comedians embracing their bodies and stuff and being like oh okay it's kind of funny to have tits mm-hmm. like, this, is, <laughs> this is okay and like oh my body is fun uh and yeah that was a huge thing of like seeing uh live theater and movies and tv shows where it's like oh Wait, this is a cool thing. Yeah. So almost seeing like female role models accepting yeah. their bodies and being like, oh, well, I love you and you love your body. So then I should love my body too. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Way. And like, and finding, I found like just a really great core group. I was, I was friends with a lot of uh, people in high school. Um, Cause that's kind of it. I was like, I just want to be friends with everyone, like I like everyone, you know, they got to really fuck up um, for me to not like them. But I had this like really great core group of like five or six friends that we all to each other were just like, you're great how you are. And it was just so nice to have a group of friends where it's like, oh, I've never been really wanting to talk about this with anybody or, or, even thinking that I could share some of the stuff with that I'm sharing now with friends mm-hmm. where it was a very safe place. And that was a gigantic uh, boost in my confidence. So after high school, did you go to college? Now I don't even know. I did. Yeah. I went to college um, in this town called Gunnison and I studied theater. Okay. And then did you get into comedy more so then, or did you not get into comedy until Los Angeles? In high school, I was like, oh, I want to do SNL. I, I don't know how you do that yet. So I'm going to go to see, I'm going to go study theater in college. And, and then towards the end of college, I started learning like, oh, you usually start at like a second city 
or um, UCB was just starting to become a thing. And so I started just doing a bunch of research and being like, oh, improv and sketch. Okay. I think I want to try to do that because I was pretty much doing only plays. There was a comedy group and I think I did like a couple of shows with them, but it was short form and I don't think it lasted long. Yeah. So I was doing mostly plays, but then, yeah, I was like, oh, how do I do SNL? This is how. And then I went to Sacramento for a year doing to a comedy club there where I met Tony. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, where I met Tony and we did improv and sketch all the like for for a whole like year together. And then we were both like, let's move to L.A. I was scared to move right to L.A. from college. So then you never really did the stand up. You were always improv and sketch. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I think I, I, I like the team aspect. Um, and as much as I do like being in the spotlight, I don't like being in the spotlight yeah. like that. Do you feel like? being on a team or team or in a group like builds confidence gives you confidence in a way that being alone on stage might not be like might not give you big time big time like I and and once and maybe I've never really thought about it but maybe that idea of being up on the stage by myself and truly genuine like and being like audience please like me. Whereas with a team and group, I'm like, Oh, these, we already like each other. We're making each other laugh. That's all that matters. And that shows so much or, or like, and that the audience loves seeing that, yeah. you know? Yeah. How do you deal with quote unquote, like failure, whether it's like a show doesn't go well, or you don't get a part that you wanted to get or anything like that and like is it different yeah. when it's a live audience versus like an audition an audition world where there are people in there but it's not like a room full, you know of you know a hundred plus people yeah when it comes to live stuff and like just eating shit on stage I I used to of course take it more personally and let it sit with me longer but now it's like oh okay I'll just do it again tomorrow or the next week, and I'll be fine. Like, if I feel like I had a shitty show or something, yeah. I'll, like, sit in it for a second, and I'll even think, like, what did I do? Oh, I didn't react. That's usually when I have a shitty show. Is just I wasn't making a fucking choice. But I'll, I'll think about it for a hot second, and then be like, okay, cool. I'll do it again but tomorrow. you used to not, you used to, like, sit with it a little longer? Yeah, I used to, like, when it was Harold Knight and stuff, yeah. like, I used to very frustrated and would think about it two days, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it would just drive me crazy. And then, and I remember Billy Merritt, our, our first, um, Harold coach, he's the best. And he, he put a rule on us of like, you have just the night of the show to be upset if you really want to, but that next day you have to fucking not care. And that was huge. Was that helpful? It was, but there were still times where I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, but I love that. Like, allowing yourself time to be upset and then yes. being like, okay, then now we're going to move on. Like, setting time limits for yourself. Because you also don't want to be the opposite where you, like, don't care at all. 
Like, yes. you know, you want it or you do yeah. care, but you're not showing it. So you're not really allowing yourself to grieve. You know, you have to find a balance. That's been a big um, therapy thing that I've like took away from therapy is just because I'm I, I very much am like I am a happy person. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be angry. And this this goes with like uh, not getting a part or a show not getting picked up of um, and my therapist being like, it's okay. Go be sad. Be sad for 10 minutes and you'll feel so much better rather than just letting it build up to where you fucking lose it one mm-hmm. day over the dumbest things. And so that's been really huge of like, oh, I'm pissed. And I can be pissed and that's okay. And I'm going to feel so much better than just being like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's all good. And then have it just boiling up inside of me. Totally. Um, and that's been huge to, yeah. Like if, if I didn't get a part or something being frustrated and pissed, but then also be, I also do like to look at the positives of it. Of like, oh, well I went, in front of these producers that I really like and I feel I did good. And that's huge. Cause that's happened a bunch where I'll go in for one part um, or one show, but then not get it. And then a couple of years later, they'll hit me up about something, uh, which, it, which is good. And then that I, and I like to just look and be like, Whoa, it was so cool that I got to do whatever it was, make a pilot, or uh, be on a show that then got canceled after one season. Right. Like, where it's like, oh, that's such a cool thing. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I'm hearing. No, like, yeah, yeah. Instead of, like, if something um, happened, net, quote unquote, negative that, like, you didn't dig. So let's say, like, you didn't get an audition or you didn't get a part that you auditioned for. Yeah. You used to be, you used to like push down those feelings in order to remain happy and optimistic. But now you're learning to maybe mourn is like a heavy term, but like be upset over it for a little bit and then, and then be okay. Yeah. And then look at the positives of it rather than just like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like I'm not, I'm fucking pissed that I didn't get something. Or I'm frustrated that I just have not, whatever it might be. And I feel so much better. Yeah. It truly is like, yeah, be fucking pissed for 15 minutes and then you'll be fine. (laughs) And that's the same thing with just being sad too. I used to really try not to cry and to not be sad because I'm very much like, well, my life is awesome. Mm -hmm. So great. But, and then, but then my therapist being like, you need to be sad. Yeah. It's okay to cry. Right. You'll feel so much better and it works. It's great. Love a good cry. Yeah. That's so important. Casey's talked about that similarly. His struggles with that and his is, was more, I don't know if your yours is like this, but his is more like, I want people around me to be happy. So I'm going to put on a happy face. I'm going to smile because then everybody else is going to smile. And if I'm hurting, I'm not going to show it because other people will get up. It was more like trying to make other people happy when, and when that just really isn't your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that is, that is a big part of it. And also for me of 
a big part of it is um, that I don't feel that it's okay for me to be sad over a dumb thing, over not getting a part or, you know, cause I, or, cause I look at my life and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I, I get in my head of like, I'm not allowed to be sad because life is fucking good. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, but be sad. Yeah. That makes life even better. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I usually lie on like the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like, woe is me. It's like so dramatic and, and, yeah. and so, and it's, I'm learning to like experience joy more, like true joy experiencing that. Cause I'm usually yeah. like, well, I don't, I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve this joy. I don't, I, you know, stuff like that. And it sounds like it's the Whoa. exact opposite of yours. It absolutely is yeah. the exact opposite um, of where I feel like I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling sad with such a fun life I'm living. And I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling joyful because there's so many problems in the world. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Man, we would make a pretty stable baby, maybe. Oh, shit. A little bit of me, a little bit of you might be. That would be a very stable baby. <laughs> That's a very stable baby. <laughs> uh. Okay, so then in your adult life, I know middle school it was tough for you. And, but as an adult, is there any particular time that your confidence was really hit? That's good. Because, like, once, they, like, yeah, I, I, um, this happened this past summer. This fucking shook my confidence hard. I got, I went in for an audition for a cartoon. And um, it had already been picked up for 10 episodes or whatever. I went in for one role, but then they offered me another role. And uh, I was like, yeah, great. This is so cool. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, you'll, you'll be like in the, all the episodes and stuff. I was like, awesome, awesome. And went to the first table read. Went pretty good. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I went in to record that first episode. I was like, okay, great. This is fun. I'm on a cartoon. This is awesome. And second table read, nothing, none of my stuff hits. And I'm like, whoa, this is strange. Okay, okay. Is it it's is it me? Whatever. I still go in and record. Third ep, third table read, fucking silence every time I open my mouth. And this is like in front of a bunch of people at a table and like big actors. This is like, produ this is for people who don't know table read producers, actors, director, like you, yeah, everybody, writers, all the core people, everybody. And ev every fucking single line I said, it's like the energy got sucked out of the room to then. So then um, I was like, then my agent hit me up and just like, oh, they don't need you to come in for the record on episode three. And I was like, okay. And they had sent me like the full schedule, everything. And then uh, I was like, okay, maybe they're going to just get all of my <laughs> episodes in. And then like the next week I was like, am I, do I have the table read? Or like, oh no, you don't need to come in for the table read. And so then I was like, oh, I think I got, fucking canned and that really shook me 
to where, and nobody ever said it. Like my agents never once said, you're fired. Wow. It was just, I never heard from that show again. Which is almost worse. I know. I wish it was a thing of just like, oh, hey, it just didn't work out. Like I would rather hear that rather than just like, don't have her come in. We don't need her to come in. And so like that really fucking shook me. Yeah. Like how did you deal with that? Because that, you know, that would shake anybody's confidence. It took, it took like, it truly took like, like two weeks to kind of fucking get over it. And what, what helped me was telling people about it. Oh, okay. And, and cause it was embarrassing. I was fucking embarrassed. I was so just like, what did I do? How did this happen? Like I've heard of stuff like this happening, but I never thought in like, I know people who are on that show. Like it, it was just, it was so strange, but it felt great to tell people about it and be like I think I got fired and like kind of embrace like whoa I now have kind of one of those weird Hollywoody stories I'm just like and they never call like don't call us we'll call you yeah and it never happened but it, it was huge of like I also like this happened right before getting to like go to Greece and then go shoot a movie like it happened just right before a really awesome summer. (laughs) So that made it very easy to be like, Oh fuck it. Whatever. And I, I also Duncanville was happening too. So I was like, Oh, I still, okay. I'm still doing fine. Yeah. So talking to people about it, like to get their support, to have friends be like, Oh man, you're, man, that's, that sucks so much. But like, I love you. You're so funny. Or like, what did you get out of those conversations? I think kind of that, but also like here, like the, the like, oh, that's fucked up. Kind of made me be like, yeah, it is right. Like this is a weird way to handle. So like my feelings are valid. My feelings are valid, right? Like I'm not, I'm not crazy. This is how, this is, this is kind of a weird situation, right? And having people be like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm just kind of like, this is strange, right? Not even my talent wise, but just like, that's a, that's fucked up, right? This is a fucked up way to handle that. Cause I would have rather just like, oh, hey, it's not working out except, and rather than just getting fucking, ghosted by a television show <laughs> like yeah. that was like oh this is so strange so almost like a perspective change for like instead of oh I must not be good instead being like oh they're being kind of shady and fucking weird yeah and like what they have their own thing but it is just kind of like that's it was yeah it was more me just kind of gr- like trying to grasp the way they did it and it happens often this stuff happens often but it was also a big thing of like oh if I ever like run a show um be sure to never yeah that's so important so like just like learning like learning who you want to be learning the type of person you want to be yeah yes And that's been a a giant thing with these moments of 
losing confidence and self doubt is then being like, okay, well, uh, oh, I'll be sure to never be like that or react like that again, or not even be sure, but like, yeah. try to keep that in mind as much as possible. Yeah, that one, that was the most recent, just like, oh, because even like when a show gets canceled or something, it, I still, it's still that thing where it's like, well, I still did my job. Yeah. And I think I did it well enough. You know, this is just kind of what happened. And I'm, yeah, I'm very used to it now. So it's just kind of like, yeah, fucking cancel, whatever, man. <laughs> when some, okay, you're saying you're used to it by now. When some of the earlier things, some of the earlier, I don't want to say cancellations because that's not really what I mean, but some of the earlier halting, stopping of things. Yeah. Did, did you take it harder then? I definitely was doing the smushing down. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Just smushing it down. But I was also so, and I still am constantly blown away that I get to do this. Yeah. So it was still like, I don't, I got to be on a TV with a, a TV show as a monkey. It got fucking canceled, but I can't believe I get to do this and I'm not still at my desk job at Sony. Like, yeah. So, and that, that's a big thing I constantly go back to is just like whoa man remember when you were working at fucking Target or like Universal like this is so cool yeah just being grateful for yeah yeah, just like practicing gratitude yeah and it sounded like also for this last summer in particular like having other things going on like not not making it this Every, it's, it's all about this one thing, but having like, well, I also yeah. have this trip planned with my friends and I also have this other job and I'm also doing this for yeah. fun. It's like that, that's been a, a gigantic thing. And I've started doing that more with like, um, when, or if I get a big audition, I try to then like go see a movie right after or something to just be like, okay, great. Like, I don't want to, and don't get me wrong. I still fucking think about it yeah of course but it's nice to just be like I'm gonna go try to focus on something else or yeah like go hang with friends see them I did like last pilot season a lot of movies after like if I after big auditions I'm just like okay I gotta go I guess I'll go see fucking Spider-Man yeah I to but I need to just go and do something um and that's very helpful and in that too of just like having and working on my own stuff is gigantic for when um stuff gets canceled or I don't get cast in something being like okay well I'm pitching my own sh- a show that I star in you know stuff like that is gigantic and I remember my like managers and agents early on being like constantly be working on your own thing yeah that's huge. Even if even for people who so aren't big. who aren't, you know, actors, just like just like having a creative outlet is just so important. So so huge. Do you do anything like on a daily basis that that helps you with confidence? I know in in doing these conversations, some people like they'll meditate daily. Someone mentioned like having a routine, like especially being in oh. being an actor. She's like, well, I don't know when I'm gonna work next, and so I have to like get up at this time, walk my dog, 
make a smoothie mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's really helpful for me to feel more confident when I have a routine. And I was like, whoa, I am, I do not have a routine. Um, but I was like, maybe I should incorporate like one thing into my life to make it more structured. Do you have yeah. any, any, anything like a mantra or anything that, that people can just do that you do that gives you confidence? And I guess it doesn't have to be every day. Yeah. I have a friend, like, before she goes into auditions, I've spoken, I think I've said this a couple of times on this podcast, but before she goes to an audition, she sits in her car and says, let this be for me. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And she's like, and that gives me confidence because then it's no longer on anybody else. This is for me. This is fun for me. And like everybody else there, that's just like a bonus, but like, it's not for them. And I was like, whoa, I'm taking that. I do try to just be like, okay, let's have fun. Like, this yeah. is fun. Let's just have fun. Um, ooh, this is a good one because I don't necessarily have a routine. But, like, when we were allowed to, I would try to go hiking every day, which really just getting outside yeah. uh, is gigantic for me. Um, in the winter, I tried to go skiing once a week or more if I could. I had a pretty good winter where I could go a bunch. Um, It's like moving your body, it sounds like. Moving my body, yeah. And also, this this was a big therapy thing. And now, and and I started doing it like a, a year ago. And now the quarantine is really helping me do it even more. Is um, being okay with not wanting to write. Or not wanting to, my, my therapist was like, don't ever say should anymore. Like, oh, I should write because that already puts such a negative tone to oh, it. I like, love that one. I want to write. I want it. And I've been really like feeling that over the quarantine of just having some days where it's like, oh, I'll start to think like, oh, I should write. I have the time. And then be like, nope. I don't want to right now. Mm -hmm. And I've been finding like, oh, I want to write right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, awesome. I'm going to have so much more fun than just being like, oh, I have the time so I should write. And so that's been a big thing um, even before the quarantine of just really being like, oh, I don't want to do blank today. I don't have to. And when I do want to, it'll be so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Than, so. Yeah. That's also just like another example of changing the perspective of changing it from should to want. That was huge. That's really big. That was such a big gold nugget my therapist gave me. Like, oh, fuck. And I immediately, like that day, leaving his office, immediately started working on that and I catch myself still being like oh okay great yeah and that's so cool because like before this you didn't even you probably didn't even catch yourself doing these things because you weren't looking out for it it was just like an automatic thought you didn't you didn't think twice about it that's just a thought that you had and whereas now you can like you said catch it and change the narrative which is yeah huge that's a big uh thing I I'm I like we work on in therapy is that like kind of because my thoughts are wild yeah I, I, I have like OCD and stuff I've been getting way better yeah but uh, actually this quarantine I was like ha I already washed my hands too many times 
but uh, yeah, changing that thought is gigantic, and it's been so helpful, and it's made um, yeah me like more excited about stuff. Yeah, I re- <laughs> like wanting to do stuff. I really relate to that of like having the thought and be like, oh, I don't have to have this thought. I can actually have this thought instead. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And it's so simple. It's such a simple thing that like my therapist talks to me about it and it's like creating these new neural pathways where it's like you have a habit just for using this as an example, you have a habit of saying should and your yep. this, these neural pathways are going to that. Now it's going to be hard, but we're going to create this new habit and we're going to have to do a new pathway for it and it's going to take some time, yep. but it can happen. But it and that's it of like uh, it it will take time, but it fucking happens. Mm-hmm. And it's been good with like um, my OCD and stuff too, of just really catching it and changing my thought process from it. Of like, hey, I'll be if I don't knock on wood twelve times, I'm not gonna die. Yeah, I'll be fine. And don't get me wrong, I still have, I still go through. No, me too. I, I, I also have similar OCD struggles where mine are, mine are, they don't always manifest physically. Um, like sometimes it's just a cycling phrase or a cycling thought and doing that thing where it's like, okay, I'm allowed to think about this three times and then we're moving on or whatever, you know, that's an arbitrary number, but like. I'm allowed to be like, I, for example, like maybe it's an audition. I should have said it like this. Okay. I'm allowed to Uh. think that three times and, or whatever. And then it's done. Then we're not thinking about it anymore. And that's so good. And that's essentially kind of the grieving that like, take that moment. Yes. Take that moment. You're allowed to, but fucking let's move on now. Go ahead, cry for 10 minutes, and then we're good. Yeah, just putting, like, boundaries and limits on your own thoughts. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's so, which we're allowed to, but for some reason, we need somebody telling us. I know. (laughs) Uh, Well, this has been such a treat. I'm going to read back. Um, my list of Betsy's tips for self-confidence oh, as soon as I finish oh writing this first gosh. one, this last one. Okay. It's a big, it's a big list. Yeah. Okay. So, oh um, bear with me here. Okay. Be yourself. Have role models like female comedians who make you feel good about yourself. Surround yourself with good, safe friends. Therapy. Talking about hardships. Perspective change. Learning who you want to be having gratitude, having other things going on that you're excited about, creating things slash being creative, being outdoors, moving your body, eliminate should, accept where you are and what you want, and set boundaries slash limits for your own thoughts. Ooh, oh shit. Wow, I'm deep. That's really good. That's a whole page and I started a second page. Oh my God. We did it. That. We solved what it. Kind of book? Thank you so much for doing this with me, Betsy. Thanks for having me. I'm so I was so excited to talk to you because you're such whenever I see you, not even performing, just as a person, you exude so much confidence that I'm just like, how does she do it? <laughs> and now I know. And now I have a page and a half yeah, of lists. There's the list. There's the list. It is just like I just am very happy with myself, who I am. That sounds, 
if I say I'm very happy with myself, that sounds very, what's the word? Conceited. But I'm happy with No, it doesn't I, at all. It sounds like how we all should think of ourselves. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything that you want to promote, your podcast or anything, before we... Oh, shit. Yeah, I have a few things. Duncanville. Uh, is a new animated show on Fox, and it comes on after The Simpsons, so check that it out. That is like a dream. It's unbelievable. Like, say, like, getting to be like, I'm on a show, a cartoon, on Sunday Night Fox, after The Simpsons, like, younger me is fucking losing her mind. Older me is losing her mind. Everybody's losing and her And the mind. character looks like you, which is so rad. That's... It's so That's cool. possibly like the coolest part to me. I'm just like, it's like a little yeah. character, Betsy. Yeah, it's so nuts. Uh, and then I have two podcasts. One is called A Funny Feeling, where me and Marcy Darrow um, talk to our friends about uh, their paranormal experiences, urban legends, wet stairs, and stuff like that. Uh, that's on HeadGum, but you can find it anywhere. And then Mono Agapian and I, we have a Patreon podcast called we love trash where we just we do whatever we want <laughs> and we just talk about trashy food like we just did one <laughs> we just did one where we were just stoned and just kind of talking and hanging out <laughs> so we just kind of do whatever we want it's fun i love it it's yeah. so fun so yeah so check it out check out uh, all that shit Thank you so much again. It's so good seeing you. Thanks for having me. It's so good seeing you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence. Whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through, leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again.